So we are using AI to build what I call an ESG super graph of every small business in the USA. So we're starting with our businesses in our platform, but we're rapidly expanding. And without getting into too much detail, what we do is scrape text and image data from over 10 sources so that we can tag all of these small businesses across 52 different ESG dimensions. So ESG typically is described as just like this one concept, but we really do break it down a lot. And there are a lot of examples of what we would consider, you know, an ESG dimension. So a business can be veteran owned or use 100% biodegradable packaging. For example, we can get more complex and look for businesses that provide employment to adults with disabilities. So basically, the result of our algorithm is going to create a set of credibility scores across each of these dimensions uh, to create a very holistic picture of how each small business is creating impact in our society. Welcome to How Women Inspire where women lead, invest, and give. I'm your host, Julie Castro-Abrams, founder and CEO of How Women Lead and managing partner of the venture firm How Women Invest, feminist, social justice warrior, mother, friend of 50,000 plus badass women, and an expert at helping top executive women get on boards and break down barriers for women entrepreneurs, investors, and social impact activists. In this podcast, we interview women influencers and leaders from across the globe who are in the C-suite, founding companies, investing, and agents of change. We'll share stories of how women lead. We'll provide insights and data, tips you can put into action, and get to know the women who have fiercely and unabashedly stepped into their power in leadership and open doors for other women like you. We discuss topics ranging from the journey of getting a board seat, how we can counter cultural frameworks that change the way the world views women leaders, what we're doing to close the gender funding gap, and driving equity for women in all aspects of life and career. My goal is that after every episode, you walk away feeling inspired, unstoppable, ready to level up and step into your power and influence. I want to break down the cultural narratives that hold us back collectively and those messy messages you heard that are taking up way too much of your brain space. I want you to know you're invited in because I know that together we can change the culture, change opportunities, and create the future we want for our daughters and sisters and friends. This is our time. Are you in? Welcome to today's episode of How Women Inspire. My guest is spectacular. She is the founder and CEO of Herd.io. This is a B2B business-to-business sourcing and analytics platform using AI to help companies, enterprises, source companies that meet their ESG goals. Okay. So in the 90s, I remember sort of working with all these companies, trying to figure out how to meet their procurement goals so that we could actually have a better representation of who we're buying from. And Mm -hmm. I have to tell you, when I first met this amazing woman leader, she has created a 
really great technology solution to meeting everybody's needs and goals. So while working on her first startup, which is a corporate gift box business called Pack Elephant, she realized how difficult it was to work with small and diverse own businesses at a big scale. So prior to launching it in 2018, she worked as a digital media director in New York City. She holds a visual studies degree from the University of Pennsylvania and an MBA from NYU Stern School of Business. And she's also a mom of two under two. (laughs) So when she's not working on her business, she's probably hanging out with her sons, juggling uh, Rafa and Jens, all the things that they're up to. So when some, you're just you're my favorite kind of woman because you're solving great problems in the world and you're doing it with your arms full. And honestly, it's such an honor to have you on this podcast. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here. I'm really excited to dive in. And I, yeah, appreciate that wonderful introduction. <laughs> okay. When, um, uh, before we get into like the, you know, a lot of big words in the introduction, right? But before we get into everything about it, let's actually do the fun stuff. Like in those days that are tough or the celebration moments, do you have a song you go to? I do actually. It's Flawless by Beyonce. <laughs> It's one of her older songs, but it's such a fierce song. It really hypes me up and gives me confidence every single time I listen to it. And I actually started listening to the song. So it came out when I was going to business school. And it was a moment in my of my life when I was suffering from pretty severe imposter syndrome. I was not only the only Black woman in the room most of the times, but I had no prior knowledge going into business school because my background was in visual studies. So I'm literally sitting in my classes with, you know, my like arts and crafts degree next to all of these people that I perceive to be so smart and listening to this song on the train on the way to school, just really, uh, (laughs) it uplifted me. I would listen to it and I just, I, I think it's just such a wonderful message. It also has a feature from Chimamanda Ngozi Achidie. And it's just all about how women are always encouraged to lower their ambitions. But honestly, that's bullshit. I hope I can say that. (laughs) We deserve everything we want and more. We are flawless. So that's my song. (laughs) I love that. You know what? I've never had a conversation about with anyone about that song. And I tell you what's so beautiful about that is I work with top executive women, women who are on the corporate boards we all see on the news and literally every one of them has imposter syndrome and every one of them believes they're flawed. And I think really all of us getting to the core of like, listen, and winsome, you are brilliant (laughs) and beautiful and fabulous and all the things we want in women leaders. So thank you. I I think that that, that song really does it. So awesome. um, (laughs) So we can listen to it later. Can you tell us a little bit more about Herd.io? How is it addressing the challenges that companies have finding? You said you re- realized with Pack Elephant some of the challenges of finding and certifying and getting these businesses on to you know yep. meet the corporation's goals. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So when you talk to corporations, there are some common trends when they start discussing why they aren't supporting more diverse zones, sustainable and social impact businesses through their procurements. And typically what you hear is we can't find them or the ones that we do find are not qualified. So I really wanted to break this down. And when you do, there are two key issues at play. The first is that 
a lot of businesses, small businesses particularly, are not getting certified. There are too many barriers to this process that prevents them from really maximizing their certification potential. And this means that they're not showing up on the supplier lists that these companies are actually using to source new vendors. The second issue is that a lot of these small businesses just simply aren't equipped to integrate with the enterprise software and the systems that these large companies are using um, to make the transaction smooth and streamlined. So these two coupled together really does make it difficult when it shouldn't be. So Herd.io offers what we call an alternative seal of approval for small businesses that really need an on-ramp to becoming certified. As I mentioned before, nearly 80% are not maximizing their certification potential. And even I experienced this with my business, Pack Elephant. I was a Black woman-owned, Latino-owned business, and I was only woman-owned when you looked at the supplier certification list because the processes were just too overwhelming. So without the administrative support to go through these applications, we really wanted it to be simple and streamlined and easy to access for all small businesses. So we have built our own list and we are also, um, we just launched a marketplace that makes it super easy to actually search for and transact directly with these vendors based on your ESG goals. The marketplace also has transparent reporting so that you can understand the impact of every dollar that you're spending through the system. So when you think about, you know, I think about, you say small businesses, but a corporation Mm -hmm. is going to need a lot of product. How do you Mm -hmm. handle that sort of gap connecting people with people who can really source what the right size for what they need? Yeah. So we have a lot of processes in place. So all of our vendors, if you are selling a product within the marketplace, you need to make transparent what those quantity breaks are, what those lead times are for you to be able to actually fulfill some of the large order needs that these enterprise customers have. I think transparency is just how you solve that problem. There are some businesses that are making things by hand and ultimately they're not going to be a good fit for a bid opportunity, um, 5,000 units. But there are other opportunities to use that business with more bespoke gifting opportunities. You know, let's say you were having like a, an event and you need to give a speaking gift or something like that. Yeah, yeah you know, there, there's always a way to, to be able to fit in those smaller businesses, but let's not pretend that every business is going to be a fit for every occasion. I think Herd.io addresses that. So Pack <laughs> Elephant it was a gift box or gifting, corporate gifting in general, but you trans- mm-hmm. just started a new company called Herd.io. Can you, can you tell me a little bit about like, what made you want to transition into sure. uh, Herd.io? And boy, is that a different business model? It's very different. But Pack Elephant really did help me understand this problem that Herd.io was solving because we were dealing with it firsthand. We were looking for vendors that were diverse, own social impact or sustainable and vetting them just created this really big bottleneck for us because we were doing everything manually. So finding these businesses, understanding the sustainable business practices as they pertain to different product categories, keeping track of the impact that we are creating through the social enterprise models, but also through just our sourcing approach in general was very time consuming. 
and it was not an efficient process at all. We were basically just taking everyone's word for it and going off of an honor system, but that also leaves you kind of vulnerable. So when I started looking in the marketplace, there really were not any solutions that were helping to ID small businesses in this way. And there's just not one single simple tool that's accessible for small businesses that you can use. So a good example of this is, you know, if you're on Google looking up businesses, Google businesses does have tags for diverse owned businesses, but that's all self-reported. There's no vetting system that's integrated and that's where Herd.io comes in and that's what differentiates us. Okay, you use the magic word that everyone's talking about today, AI. So are you using <laughs> AI to help that those businesses or how does that even work? And are you yes. an AI expert or how do you? <laughs> I have AI experts on my team and I am fascinated by what it can do. So we are using AI to build what I call an ESG super graph of every small business in the USA. So we're starting with our businesses in our platform, but we're rapidly expanding. And without getting into too much detail, what we do is scrape text and image data from over 10 sources so that we can tag all of these small businesses across 52 different ESG dimensions. So ESG typically is described as just like this one concept, but we really do break it down a lot. And there are a lot of examples of what we would consider, you know, an ESG dimension. So a business can be veteran owned or use 100% biodegradable packaging. For example, we can get more complex and look for businesses that provide employment to adults with disabilities. So basically, the result of our algorithm is going to create a set of credibility scores across each of these dimensions uh, to create a very holistic picture of how each small business is creating impact in our society. Fantastic. I mean, I, I just honestly, from the early 90s, I remember working on this and we couldn't solve the problem. And I cannot believe it's, it's been so long, 30 years. And you're, as far as I can tell, one of the first solutions that actually does it in a comprehensive way and really gets people access and sort of that early certification, which is kind of a big deal. Okay. How did, yeah. how did digital media director turn out to be an entrepreneur in this way like you <laughs> it was press. a windy journey <laughs> yeah I think might be a little bit of a lightweight way of describing it because uh, for someone <laughs> spreadsheets that doesn't know how to do anything visual you know I, I, I really appreciate people who can do that but so I mean it's interesting I never imagined that I would be doing this 10 years ago when I was a digital media director but I when I look back at my experience I think there's some big takeaways and one of the things I I was thinking about recently is actually while I was a digital media director, we were going through a pretty major shift in industry. And that was the introduction of all of these ad exchanges that would consolidate ad space and media from these different publisher websites and allow buyers to actually go in and transact directly and filter using machine learning and just all of these different data overlays to get super targeted with what yeah. we wanted to buy. So in a way, I like to think that that thought process is kind of what's led me to where I am today with Herd.io, using data, using AI to help search and vet all of the different buy opportunities that exist. 
The second takeaway, which is a little bit more obvious, is that when in media, you're constantly on the giving and receiving end of gifting. So between vendors, vendors were gifting to us, we're gifting to our clients, I'm receiving gifts from my corporation as an employee. And I always thought it interesting that we weren't supporting businesses in our community with this process. I mean, everyone loves a Starbucks gift card or an Amazon gift card, right? We're going to use that. But ultimately, there are just so many small mom and pop shops in New York City, small restaurants that we really could have been leveraging if we had the wherewithal to do so in a streamlined way. So I think that always kind of bothered me. And I really do want to bridge that gap. And I hope Curt.io is a solution for that. Not that many people go from that kind of background to an MBA mm-hmm. and then starting on mm-hmm. journey. Give me a couple, a couple minutes on <laughs> how did that thought process go? And what's so great about it, you, you are so unique in the market because of that background, right? Mm-hmm. You have a way of approaching. Yeah, um, it's a different perspective for sure. I mean, visual studies is, it's very interdisciplinary and it was new when I discovered it at Penn back in 2008. So it's, I, I mean, in, TikTok <laughs> wasn't around yet, right? Like, Instagram no, there, yeah, Instagram like the was like brand new. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So it's the intersection of fine art, but also the biology of how we see the perception of, of what we see based on our social conditioning. And it was just really cool to put those things together that you don't really think of as a major. I was introduced to so many interesting people. A lot of my colleagues and classmates went on to become small business owners. And yeah, I think that at the time, (laughs) after I graduated, I was a little confused. So like, okay, what do I do with the visual studies degree? Um, Advertising. The world was really crappy too. That was one of those. It was not the best job searching environment. But, you know, when I did find my footing in advertising, it was a path that made a lot of sense. And I quickly realized that I wanted to learn just so much more. And I knew that I needed some more business skills. So I went back to business school and at NYU, I discovered social entrepreneurship. So I remember taking this class in social entrepreneurship and it was just the first time that I saw that, yes, you can have capitalism for good. There is such a thing as a triple bottom line and that solving real humanitarian issues does not need to, it's not the opposite of having a a successful for-profit business. I love that. Thank you so much (laughs) for making it easier for everybody else to do the same. Do you actually advise any of the companies on the platform on their visual presence to make it a little bit more, not everybody has that skill (laughs) set. Right. Yeah, I do. We do have a pretty, we, we have some strict guidelines for the businesses that are onboarding their products about how they should be presented. You know, of course, we give a little bit of a creative authorship to those businesses. We want them to represent themselves the way they, they want to. But of course, you know, making sure that everything is photographed on white or is a functional photo that demonstrates the use of the product that they're selling. There are also other things that we encourage our businesses to, to really think about when they're filling out their profiles, how they talk about themselves as a business how they structure the pricing of their products so that it is really attractive for bulk purchases. 
we go in with our, our vendors I mean, to a, make sure that they are successful. <laughs> well, what a gift to them too, to just get that tutorial. Um, because as you know, well, it's hard to be an entrepreneur and be able to do all of the things well, you know, it uh, is, it is. Having, having that is that bridge to business development opportunities is humongous. So do you have a success story or a milestone that maybe you can share with me, share with us? <laughs> I would say the biggest milestone is launching, getting this platform live and in the hands of users. We went through a pretty long technology build process, which which most companies do. And I don't think you really hear about that long path to getting to... I mean, it's not the finish line, it's the starting line, that whole journey yeah. to get to the starting line and having having your products uh, in the hands of your customers. So we launched in May and now we are just about to cross that 200 mark. So 200 okay. vendors onboarded into the system. Uh, fantastic. Sounds like a, <laughs> a critical, critical mass moment. Okay, we're about to walk into this fall season where a lot of us are starting to think about holiday gifts and stuff. If somebody mm-hmm. looks this, wants to talk to their company about Herd.io, what do they do? Well, if you want to talk to your company about Herd.io, I would love to join in in the conversation, (laughs) but you can visit us on Herd.io. And one of the things that I would just keep in mind is as you discuss the importance of this within your holiday gift strategy, supporting small businesses, ESG line businesses, businesses in our community, it is the right thing to do, but it's not just the right thing to do. It really is the smart thing to do. And I think that's one thing that I want people to take away from this. There is a three and a half X multiplier in circulated revenue when you source from local suppliers. It's making sustainable B2B revenue channels for historically marginalized business owners, that not only supports the business, it creates job opportunities in those communities. It creates generational wealth that closes the wealth gap. There are so many reasons that this makes sense economically, and yeah. that's why it makes us. That's why it should make you feel good. That's why it's the right thing to do. But I want people to understand that you know sourcing from ESG aligned businesses really it is going to drive our economy, and it's you know something that we should take really seriously. Like if in your own company, like your employees, you know, doing things that are aligned with their values is going to make mm-hmm. them. And saying this is a gift that was sourced from this type of uh, meeting this of the 52 ESG guidelines. And yeah, tell your clients that as well. It's a lot of us are like, oh, don't send me a gift. But it's like, this is a gift with a story. And I feel good about it. I'm like, okay, I'll take the gift. Yeah. Uh, If it's creating impact, then that changes. That changes the perception. It does. (laughs) Okay, Winsome. I feel like, and I'll just say, I'm like Winsome's biggest fan, invested in her company, (laughs) like 100% all over it, making sure that everybody knows about this amazing entrepreneur. Thank you so much. (laughs) I love this. You did a great job. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And with that, I want to thank you all for listening to today's episode of How Women Inspire. And because your inspiration should not stop when this podcast ends, head over to our website, howwomenlead.com. Follow us on LinkedIn at How Women Lead and subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast app to find out how you can proactively take charge and step into your power through our workshops and activism in our loving network. We want to propel you. See you next time, ladies. And remember to be unabashedly visible.